podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Nakum Show. SBK Edge Rush coming your way, gang. The tilt is real for me. The Drew, the Drew Lock bad beats continue, but you know what? I'm feeling up. I'm feeling buoyant, and I know that Propo is in the mood. He has got some really strong picks for you this week. We are covering three of the big week seven games, including. Sunday Night Football, Dolphins, Steelers. We're going to talk Chargers, Seahawks. We're going to check in. Jags, Giants, Propos, Prop Bets of the Week. We got He's got a double down acker as well. Two different ways you can take the acker. And then our Drew Locks of the Week. Lots of football chat coming your way over the next 50 minutes and change. Lots of laughs as well. So let's get straight down to it with the brilliant Propo and Edge Rush. Propo in the house. How's life? Yeah, it's good, Nat. It's good. Uh, it was a it was a, me- a medium week last week, I'd say. Mm. Uh, prop bets did well, went two and one with the prop bets. The over in the Cardinal Seahawks was very frustrating, but I've only got myself to blame because realistically, I actually talked myself out of picking the Seahawks plus three because mm. it moved down to plus two and a half the morning we were recording Edge Rush. And I thought that the safer play, considering how bad the Seahawks defense was and how bad the Cardinals defense was, was the over instead of going with the Seahawks. Little yeah. did I know that the Cardinals are potentially one of the most embarrassing organizations <laughs> in the NFL yeah. right now. I mean, it was it was horrendous, but also it was one of those games where you watched it, and although it was comfortably under the number, you watched it in the first, I think, three uh, possessions all ended up in the red zone down to like the 10 and the 12 yard line and they all ended Beautiful. up in the field Here we goals. go. And then we... Yeah. Go, okay. And as soon as those end <laughs> yeah. in field goals, you know, okay, this one isn't going to work out. So a mixed bag for you. Uh, our acca didn't drop. Um, we're I think they all. That. I think it was a tease acca. Nat. I think saying it didn't drop is a uh, understatement. <laughs> I think it was a tease acca where you tease down what the Bucks, the Niners, and the Packers, and, and, the Packers, mm-hmm. and they all lost straight up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. So almost as bad as my as my Drew Lock of the Week record now, which rolls to 0-6. It's so my, impressive. My it's God. So, so we, we, were, we were talking about this with Carlson. If you look at the, you know, every degenerate has a, a stories about bad beats, right? Um, but hear me out here. Week one, the Baker Bowl, the longest field goal in Cade York's life. How many times am I going to hear this, by the way? How many times are we How many times are we going to go through your bad beats this season? Are it going to be every show? Every is it going to be before every show? Until the streak is broken. Until the tilt. Until I'm off tilt. But okay, with the fair point, we don't need to hear it. We don't need to have a week by week analysis. I will say about last week, though. My God. I mean, talk about... look at Just look at how much the Ravens outgained the Giants. We're into fourth quarter. Of course, you are much hilarity from you, I'm sure, watching the games unfurl. And you must have thought into the fourth quarter, 10 minutes left, nine minutes left, 10-point lead for the Ravens, that Nat's home. Nat is home dry here. I just couldn't believe... I mean, because obviously I was... Uh, working at TalkSport so we were doing the Packers-Jets game and so I was I had a keen eye on red zone but it was one of those where every time every time it was like it got into fourth quarter as you said the Baltimore with a 10 point lead I was like oh that's that's comfortable but if the Giants score a touchdown here obviously that would be a really bad beat 
Mm. And then every time I looked up at the screen, I'd, I'd be expecting when they cut to the game to see the Ravens potentially in the red zone. It was always the Giants in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. We go again, Propo. We go we again. We do go again. And to, just to offset it, we had a good week on Fantasy, our FFS show. Uh, go and check that out. We're raising money for charity over there on FFS, the Guru Sandrini in the mix as well. So we kind of leveled things out a little bit with that. But uh, we are all about the sports book, all about the picks this week. Three games, as always. Propo back in charge of the Acker. Uh, both of us absolutely tearing that up. And then uh, we'll get Propo's prop bets the week and then wrap. Uh, Drew Locks in a week. No pressure. No pressure. I'm ready. I'm, you know, we were chatting last night on WhatsApp. I've got, as usual, about 11 things swirling around in my mind, but I know where I'm going to go and I feel confident with it. And I am set and I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to get back, back in business. So let's start with Sunday Night Football, Dolphins, Steelers, a game we talked a little bit about on FFS, of course, because the return of, of Tua. Uh, interesting looking at the numbers pre Tua. Uh, to the numbers post to So most importantly of all, both the games that two has been out for the Dolphins have lost. And mm-hmm. of course the Jets game, what am I have mentioned bad beats, of course, was needs an asterisk against it because two got, because um, Teddy got knocked out mm-hmm. and play one of the games. So it wasn't really a fair fight necessarily, but nevertheless, they've dropped to 500 now after that blazing start where I think people were talking them up early doors as a Super Bowl Contenders, 27.7 points, what they averaged in the two, in the three games that Tua uh, was able to finish, haven't hit 20 points in any game without him. And of course, he was having a real breakthrough season, career highs for him. In that massive game, week two against Baltimore, when he had six touchdowns, just shy of 500 yards, I think, career best for him. And so the question is, will it be pick it up where he left off? against a Steelers side that is offensively pretty anemic, even despite Mitch Trubisky's sensational comeback <laughs> comeback victory last week, and against a Steelers defense that is uncharacteristically underperforming. we also got to mention this is the Minka revenge game and the Flores revenge game as well. So nice little uh, elements to it there. What are you making uh, of all of this? Proper? Do you think it's a comfortable win as as Vegas seems to l- look at it for, for the Dolphins? Or are they going to find it heavier sledding than that? Do you know what's actually quite interesting is that I didn't realise it was the Flores and the Minka Fitzpatrick revenge game. And I think yeah. that actually is quite significant going into this because my initial thoughts looking at this was you've got one of the best passing offences when two has been playing and two has been healthy in the league going up against one of the worst passing defences. And I think mm-hmm. it has gone underappreciated just how incredible Tyreek Hill's start to life in Miami has been. I mean, mm-hmm. he's already had 50 receptions, 701 yards, and yes, only two touchdowns. But when you look at that yardage, it's absolutely sensational. 177 last week yards, 12 receptions. Against the Bengals, he had 160 yards. He really is performing at the level that he was for Kansas City Chiefs and potentially even more so. It's been absolutely insane. And that's even without Tua last week, he still managed to get 177 yards. So I expect Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to cause this Pittsburgh Steelers secondary a lot of problems. And yes, I think this is a good opportunity to sell high on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, they've just come off a big win against Tampa Bay. But I mean, honestly, watching that game, it almost felt like the Pittsburgh Steelers were calling Tampa Bay's red zone offense plays. Like that's how Mm -hmm. predictable it looked for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, every time, I mean, there was even a, there was even a play where Tom Brady, I think it was play action. Mm. And he, 
uh, ran away with the ball intending to throw and there wasn't one receiver running around. Everyone was blocking. It made absolutely no sense. I mean, I think the Tampa Bay offense looked broken last week. So I think that made the Steelers look a little bit better than they actually are. And yeah. I think that they might be found out. I think that two is going to come into this game motivated. I'm not sure obviously mm-hmm. what his health status is going to be like, but the fact that he was active last week and they didn't play him means he's had an extra week to recover. And I think with the Dolphins obviously going through some issues off the field and all of this, criticism off the field I think Tua will be very much keen to come back and utilise this moment in prime time to demonstrate hold on a second yes you're all talking about the Jets yes you're all talking about the Patriots but we're still the Miami Dolphins and we've still got one of the fastest wide receiving calls we've ever seen in the NFL mm. you know the uh, I'm leaving that way as well I, and you look at the the Steelers D, which is so un- uncharacteristic for a, a Tomlin D, giving up 29 points on the road this season. That's the worst in in the NFL. So all of that, we haven't even talked about their offensive situation, of course, and the fact Trubisky's in uh, Pickett's in concussion protocol. Trubisky might well get the start again, as the guru said over on FFS, even though the he practiced on Wednesday Pickett, and even though the camp is talking up a good game. The league is almost always going to err on the side of caution and teams are on the side of caution, particularly because of the tour uh, situation this season. Right. So the uh, irony is not lost on us there that even if cricket is, is, is good to go, would have been good to go in other seasons. They might uh, have to go with Trubisky and sit him for this week. And I think that's, well, uh, we still haven't seen enough of Pickett. I mean, everybody's buzzing about Pickett and, and I like the fact he's got moxie, doesn't he? And he looks like he's got that, that fight and that composure, but I think everyone's getting a little bit carried away with their picket hot takes of he looks, you know, we haven't nearly seen enough of him to know if he's legit, but we know that despite his valiant cameo performance last week, Trubisky is, is not at the races, right? So offensive, they're going to be, you would imagine pretty anemic, but the Flores factor does fascinate me. Mm. Robert, it really does, you know, because he, you know, outside of the emote, take the emotion out of it. And I, I don't think Flores is, is that kind of character and is not going to need more motivation in any particular game. He's he's a consummate pro and it's more the, just the intel he has on how to get inside to his head. It might not matter actually because of everything McDaniel's dialing up. And as you say, the brilliance of, of Hill, Waddle, Gesicki, some, somebody's really interesting at the moment, underutilized and interestingly being talked about in the eight gazillion articles, trade rumors before the, the trade deadline, but Kasiki's name keeps cropping up. I mean, I don't think the Dolphins particularly as a contenders will deal him, but nevertheless, he's not entirely settled and he's not happy with how he's, how he's being used. But I, I think that the Flores factor will have some bearing, but not enough. I think is, is my take on it. I think he'll, de- he'll definitely be able to uh, apply some kind of edge and, and some, Intel will be useful and will be effective at phases in phase of the game, at moments of the game. But I don't think it's going to be enough to stop this Miami stuff. What is the line? What are they up to now? Is it seven? The line is at seven. So it's at a touchdown uh, in favour yeah. of the Dolphins. The over-under is at 45 and a half, mm. um, which has actually been bet up. It was 44 and a half yesterday. So people mm. are expecting more points in this. I also think you're looking at a situation and yes, you've got this on both sides of the ball where you've got two 
struggling offensive lines. The Pittsburgh Steelers, mm. we all knew coming into the season, would have one of the worst offensive lines. And I think you've seen some of the defensive schemes the Dolphins have been playing, which have allowed the likes of Melvin Ingram to have a very, very good start to the season. I think they're going to cause whoever is at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers a lot of problems, as we've seen that all season long. And as uh, Sandrini mentioned on FFS, the Dolphins also have been struggling with their offensive line due to some injury mm. issues. And of course, although the fact that I don't think the Steelers are going to have TJ Watt, although it was predicted that he might be back for this week, I'm pretty sure he isn't going to be. Um, I think that realistically, the Steelers will still be able to get a lot of pressure, especially with Flores dialing up certain mm. plays and knowing this offensive line slightly better than most. So I think I'd probably be leaning towards the under because of that. But at the same time, what I still expect is there's going to be enough big plays in there from Tyreek Hill, Jalen mm-hmm. Woodall. They'll be able to get open quick enough until we'll be able to find them. The, the Dolphins will have enough big plays and score enough points to, to comfortably beat the Steelers team that will struggle on offense, as you've said. So you see him covering? I think I see them covering. Yeah. It isn't necessarily one of my strongest plays of the week, but mm-hmm. I think this Dolphins team, again has gone sort of under the radar because of everything that's happened so far this season. And I think if you remember, this is a team that has beaten the Buffalo Bills, it's beaten the Baltimore Ravens in very impressive fashion. And I think with that, all that considered, this could be a bit of a showpiece from the Miami Dolphins to wake the league up again and say, do you know what this Mm. team, although being in one of the strongest divisions in football, if not the strongest division, is a serious contender and potentially a, a playoff contender. Yeah, the prime time factor, I think, with with some of these characters, I, I can just see Hill going off Waddle as well. I mean, I I, I actually, it is one of my stronger plays of the week, the, mm. the, the Dolphins with the points, even at that difficult line of seven. Uh, of course, we'd be more comfortable six and a half, but I, I think you're right, comfortable uh, comfortable win for them. And I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to take some action on them covering the spread there. Chargers Seahawks next. Now, Propo, we love an ESPN probability win stat, don't we? Uh, yeah. We often are a red show, like the live probability in-game stat. The Chargers have a 75.9, forget the point nine percent chance of beating the Seahawks, according to ESPN. Uh, big news for them, of course, is that Keelan, uh, Keelan Allen is expected back. Yeah. Um, interesting number just around that. So I was looking at how much the charges or how frequently the charges have targeted wide receivers compared to uh, compared to the league average this season right so targeted wide receivers 49% of the time 98 pass attempts on 200 plays that's the third lowest in the NFL the league average is 57% so with allen back you'd imagine that that is going to that balance is going to be redressed um the other key things to factor in here with allen back Seattle's pass D allowing 7.8 per attempt, 30 in the NFL. Sometimes when you're looking at pass D, and we talked about this on the show before, it's easy to look at the base level stats of how many yards a a defense is giving up. And a bend not break defense can often give up a lot of passing yards, but also a team that is often ahead in the league can give up a lot of passing yards and they can be fairly low down the numbers and it isn't tell the full story. But pass per attempt is a more accurate analysis of how it's doing pretty much anyway, whichever statistical category you look at Seattle past D eight. Great. Uh, so that is a, that is an interesting element here as well. I want to talk about JC Jackson too. Um, yes. Cause I know you, you mentioned that earlier in, in the week. Uh, I think when we were looking at putting the, the Shane Breen show together, shout out to Shane Breen, all pro in the vault week seven preview show. Go listen to that. If you haven't already, uh, so Jackson got benched against the Broncos mm-hmm. and he's of course a high profile signing, very vocal about how he's felt about that and not in an unduly negative way, not in a, not in a, 
Robbie Anderson kind of <laughs> kind of vibe. He's been stoic and pragmatic about it, but saying how deflated he felt and how and it, it's interesting, isn't it, when you think about big name signings that don't work out, and he still might, but you know, obviously at the time of recording this, he's not. Just how much pressure they've got on their shoulders, and you, sometimes you underestimate that—that that you get brought in and you're expected to perform an elite level week in, week out. And I think it's easy to forget sometimes we're dealing with human beings, and they feel the pressure like everybody else, accentuated by by the primetime spotlight and social kicking off and everything else. Yeah, interesting situation. Full stop. Where do you see that story, or how do you see that story? ending do you think jc jackson will bounce back everything will be fine or do you think we're looking sadly at a bit of a bust hit i think that it might be somewhere in between i think essentially what the charges have got isn't necessarily um a complete bust but i don't think we're going to see him performing to the same level as we saw him playing for the new england patriots like to apply a bit of context here jc jackson has been one of the top corners one of the top defensive backs in the league for the past couple of seasons with the new england patriots now there is a trend here how many times have we seen players play for the new england patriots be one of the top players in their position and then kind of fall off a cliff when they leave uh, their respective play uh, when they leave to go to a respective new franchise mm. especially when you're going from one which is an organisation like the New England Patriots which I'm sure is run to a T absolutely crisply and is very much you know your exact role week in week out and you're going to be hammered to make sure that you know what that exact role is whereas the Los Angeles Chargers have we seen with the performance of their defence especially from a run perspective isn't necessarily the best mm. so I think like, it's a good point look- man I mean look, yeah. at, look, at, look at Tom Brady I mean he's just struggling <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, I would say. The the outliers, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they genuinely are the exceptions to the rule. I mean, look where Malcolm Butler's gone. Yeah, exactly. Butler was one of the... Well, well I suppose Butler was uh, Butler, I guess, was more of a... It's a good point in the... uh, Because I think this extends beyond the superstar players, right? I think it's... And this is Belichick's MO, isn't it? That everyday players, and often players that wouldn't even hit that category, right? Cast-offs, also rounds elevate he elevates everybody so the superstars yeah. even more so a butler middle of the pack kind of player becomes a you know a consummate 10-year pro in the league it's a great point coaches too of course you could make, make yeah. the point that anybody that leaves the fold doesn't seem to doesn't seem to play out or play up to to their level so yeah interesting on dan i think you've nailed that i think jackson probably will be somewhere in between let's not write him off as a total bust but is he going to be that top five level corner that they thought they bought maybe maybe not so much so what do you make of this this uh, charges because the charges are on a roll of course and the seahawks are a scrappy insurgent kind of team better than better than i think many people thought what's the line what's the are the charges on a roll are the charges on a roll the three game win three game yeah but have you watched those three game wins you know what i mean by that the three game run has got to be considered a roll even if they're yeah i understand that i understand that but at the same time i'm I'm watching those games and i'm watching them play against the denver broncos on monday could have gone either way sure could have easily gone either way the offensive line looks like a bit of a mess without rashawn slater although that is largely due to the fact that lindsley was ill for the game so he should return for this one but i still think that there is injury issues there they have one of the worst run defenses in the nf NFL still, this still seems to be a major issue for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers team. I mean, Justin Herbert didn't throw a touchdown last week, which was mm. uh, a surprise to everyone. But obviously, I think... But, you, but I, I, I hear massive. you. I hear you. And a, I would say that is consistent with most teams in, in the league that no one's really in any kind of sync. 
mostly, you know, with obviously a couple of obvious exceptions. But also, is this the kind of situation Shane alluded to this, not specifically with the charges, but a team that isn't playing particularly well, but is sitting there. I think he was talking about a three and three team, a 500 team, but what the charges are four and two, right? So, I mean, the fact that they have got so much, they're underperforming so many areas and they're sitting there in the West, right in the thick of it. And got to be loving the fact that the Broncos and the Raiders are not at the races in terms of the standings anyway. That's got to be, there's got to be a lot of cause for optimism, right? That if they get, some of those elements, right? Herbert's probably the thing that is most likely to be corrected, right? The Herbert 100%. playing up, and and that brings us nicely back to Keenan Allen. I don't, I honestly don't. I think if this team had an ordinary quarterback, I think we'd be looking at a one and five team at this wow, moment okay. in times, in terms of the scheming, in terms of uh, the way the defense is playing. Yes, Khalil Mack has been very, very impressive, and obviously they have great pass rushes. But at the same time, elsewhere it hasn't looked that impressive. I mean, their run game is pretty abject to say the least. They can't seem to get Austin Eckler going, although he seemed to do significantly better against the Broncos on Monday night. So again, that might move in the right direction. As you said, they've laid a great foundation without playing very well. So they're really not going to play the best, but still, if they're picking up results that doesn't really matter because it's the NFL at the end of the day all there is is a results game so I think that this number is an insult to the Seattle Seahawks to be completely honest with you what's the line? the line is at six and a half currently Mm. so the Seahawks are getting six and a six and a half points the Chargers are laying it the over-under is at 51 I think Gino Smith is performing and I think he can't have enough praise. He is performing Mm -hmm. as one of the most accurate quarterbacks in this league. He's up there with Josh Allen, Mahomes in PFF grade with the way that he is playing. The way he's handling this offense is absolutely sensational. Yes, that helps when you've got DK Metcalf as one of your wide receivers and when you've got a creative run game. But they are playing at such a level that I think the Seahawks could easily be right now the second maybe best team in the NFC West, which is incredible to say when you start the season and he's in a division which has Matthew Stafford, the 49ers and Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. The only issue for the Seahawks, as you've already rightly pointed out, is their passing defense is horrendous and their defense across the board isn't very good. Yes, mm. they performed well last week and you've got the likes of the star that is Tariq Woolen, the rookie who's already had, what, four interceptions this season. But I still think their duo regression, I still think the defense is so weak that it means the offense is going to have to overperform every week, that it's going to force Geno Smith to overperform. And I think that might be an issue. So... I will probably go with the over again this week. I know I backed it last week and it was a nightmare, but I still think the Chargers are going to be able to get some big plays. I think Keenan Allen will have a big game. I think Keenan Allen be back will allow Mike Williams, the other wide receiver, to have a big game because it means that he won't be double covered. Gerald Everett, the tight end, who is effectively a wide receiver, I think will also have a big game. I think Justin Herbert's going to throw all over the Seattle Seahawks. I think you were completely correct to make that point. But at the same time, I think the Seahawks with Kenneth Walker, who's getting better every single game, the rookie, Mm. I think he's going to run all over this Los Angeles Chargers team. They can move the ball with Geno Smith. Their biggest issue is going to be converting drives into touchdowns and not Mm. relying on field goals and not turning the ball over when it gets into the red zone. So if they're able to do that, then I have full faith that the Seattle Seahawks should cover this number at plus six and a half. Oh, okay. I like that. Do you like the over more? I'd say I'm pretty even on both, to be honest with you, at this complete time. I reckon that I might be one of the biggest Seattle Seahawks fans and Geno Smith fans in the league so. right now. Yeah. You know, I, 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 everything you said is really sad. That I, and I'm I'm with you. Oh, I, I Actually, the Seahawks were and easy for me to say now, but they were definitely in my consideration last week for 
um, you know, with the points. And as you pointed out at the top of the show, it wasn't exactly plain sailing. But yeah, I'm with you too. I think they are underestimated for sure. Um, and I think, and it's great to see Gino playing like he is. I love these stories. I love these stories of players that have bounced around, had shots. And he's, you know, he's had some bad beats. I mean, that whole situation at the Jets when he was back in it and then the whole locker room thing, uh, you know, I mean, there are so many, so many twists and turns for quarterbacks. So much is dependent, of course, on ability and hard work, but also a bit of luck, right situation. Gino just strikes me as one of those players that hasn't really had the rub of the green, but this great spot for him and, and good on him. And I reckon, you know, is he going to, is he going to, Drew lock this spot down for a couple of years based on this season. I like quite probably right. The Seahawks can build around it as opposed to being a placeholder. A hundred percent. And I, I don't think enough credit can be given to him considering that how long he's been a backup in this league since obviously yeah. everything went wrong with the New York Jets. And what he's clearly done is identified that this Seahawks offense is one that he can potentially utilize. And he's yeah. basically sat there, learned it inside out really bought into everything that Pete Carroll is trying to do with this team, really understood his wide receivers, really understood his offensive line. And he has clearly put an absolute shift in and has worked as hard as possible to get to the level where he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. And he's done this with all in mind that he might never get that opportunity. It wasn't guaranteed that this was going to happen in Seattle. It wasn't guaranteed that it was going to fall apart for Russell Wilson there and that he was going to fall out with Pete Carroll. But yet he still invested that much time and that much energy into being ready to take this opportunity and credit to him because as you said there's a lot of pressure in the NFL you can do as much preparation as you can as you want but if it gets to it and you can't handle the pressure then that's a situation completely different entirely and he's been able to put both things together and now we're seeing Geno Smith performing at a really high level and it's amazing to see agreed and uh, long may it continue. So uh, we like the Seahawks in that match to cover anyway uh, okay Jags Giants is the next game we're going to go to. In many other universes, the Jags would be three and three, maybe four and two, right? You had, if you look at some of the things, so the, people are saying, oh, look at their regression. They started so well, now they're regressing. And that that's true, obviously, in, in, in a number of uh, a number of ways. They're standing, their record, not, you know, most prominently so. But the Houston game, I thought was interesting because people are saying, well, I mean, they only put up six points against Houston. This is where we all got carried away with Trevor Lawrence and the brand new start for him. And how bad was the offense against Houston? They racked up 422 yards in that game. All They were in the red zone twice where they had to settle for field goals. They had a big turnover in it as well. So I think it's more than meets the eye there in terms of, the, I mean, look, it's you can't defend a six-point return against Houston, but it's maybe not as bad as, as some people are advertising. The Philly game was interesting. They blazed into that 14-zip lead, and then they were just wasteful and errant with the ball. And, mm-hmm. and this is this is an unbeaten, some would say, the number one seed in the NFL right now, certainly a top three side in the NFL right now, Philly. Not horrendous to be losing to them. So I think this Jags side is better than the record suggests. And I've been really back and forth on the Jags, as you know, when everyone was piling onto Lawrence and I started to lean that way on an episode. Then I said to you, let's take that out because I don't, I'm not actually sure I think that. And I think they're fine. I think last week was freakish in the sense that how many other times does Matt Ryan and the Colts put on a drive like that and take the game at the death. I mean, if you play that game 10 times, 
given the way the Colts have been playing this season, mm-hmm. what, seven out of 10, they don't do that. So I think the Jags are better than, than, than advertised. Every Giants game this season has finished with a one possession difference, right? So this idea that the Giants, and love the scrappy insurgent, underrated Giants side suddenly in playoff contention for sure. But equally, I'm not writing off the Jags as out of the playoff race yet either. Do you know the line for this game? The Giants are underdogs, right? They are three-point underdogs going Mm. to Jacksonville. The New York Giants, just for context, are five and one. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are two and four. Regardless, what does Vegas know then? Well, exactly. Well, no, Vegas knows exactly what you've just pointed out. You've essentially given them the argument very well for why the spread is the way it is, why Jacksonville Jaguars are getting three points here, which for context as well is essentially means the market's putting this as a pick'em. It basically said if it was on a neutral field, these teams would be pick'em because average the home advantage gives you three points. But I still think that is absolutely bizarre. And I think that it's hilarious how much the market continues to uh, undervalue the New York Giants. There's a guy, I think it's Computer Cowboy on Twitter who's got is a great name. That's amazing. Yeah, no, but he is, it's a great bit, but he's also a great person to follow as well. And he he basically looks at the market-derived team. So he basically works out where the market ranks each team in the NFL. And it still has the New York Giants and he has a ranking which is at the bottom and he still has the New York Giants in that ranking mm-hmm. as looking for a QB next year. And that's essentially what's saying that the market still has absolutely zero faith in this New York Giants team to mm-hmm. pull it out. And I understand that to a certain extent, but they have covered the spread three times and win in a row and they've won every single game. No one had any faith that they would be able to win in London. They yeah. go and beat the Green Bay Packers. No one had really had any faith they were going to be able to beat the Baltimore Ravens last week and they were able to win. Daniel Jones, I think, has had what four fourth quarter comebacks so far right. this season. Right, but like I think against it's tough teams, against well. really tough yeah. teams, really tough defenses. And as much as you can say they don't necessarily have the talent, yes, it's all been sort of one score games that they've won. You also kind of have to look at this that there is also a trend here that the New York Giants seem to find a way to win. Winning, yeah, right. Yeah, they right. seem to be able to find a way to win. Brian Dable deserves all the credit in the world. Wink Martindale for the way that he's scheming this defense is up. I think it was Ollie Connolly on Twitter who said they're just creative, crazy and wonderful and I don't know how you would scheme against this. So all the coaching needs a lot of credit here. But again, you're as a gambler, as a punter, what you're always waiting for is that regression. You're yeah. waiting and you want to be on the right side of that moment that you see this regression come to fruition. It's just the week then proper. Come on. Well, it's, I mean, this is a week seemingly every single week for both of me and you. I yeah. mean, I didn't go with the Ravens <laughs> last week because I was terrified of this exact spot. Yeah. But I feel like this could be, I feel like the market is daring us to bet on Jacksonville. It's literally Mm. daring us. They are telling, they are expecting the public to flood in on the New York Giants, completely not understanding why this number is the way it is. And as a result of that, knowing the way the market handles themselves, knowing that the house always wins and the bookies are usually right, I'm just going to blindly bet the Jacksonville Jaguars and hope for the best at this point. (laughs) You know what? I am less inclined to, despite the argument I've put, for the Jags in this spot because of what happened last week. I'm just feeling so bloody burnt by the Giants. They're becoming what in the same way I'm never backing Baker and Carolina in anything ever again. I'm not sure. But, I, I mean, that, that makes a lot more sense to be fair. And I, I get it betting against the New York Giants in this spot, but at the same time, uh, 
it's got to happen at some point. It's got to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I and I do like, I like this, uh, I like this Jacksonville side more than than people are suggesting. And I think this wing can get him right back into contention in that division as well for, for a wild card. So yeah, I think I am leading the Jags. I think I might go again on it uh, with trepidation, given it, given everything we said about the Giants. But we'll be doing the Red Zone show as well, live on TalkSport <laughs> 2 on it from 5 p.m. this Sunday. And I think that we should just go in there together and watch it and uh, experience when they, no, because what you know was going to happen is the Jacksonville Jaguars will be have a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter yeah. and we'll look at each other being <laughs> yeah. like look, look how sharp we are we predicted yeah. it we told everyone and Lord, and yeah then- and then there'll be crazy stuff going on it'll be the witching hour all sorts will be going on in red zone and then suddenly we'll be like Wait, the Giants are winning? Yeah, they'll be up to them. They'll be, they're on the, be on the Giants 17-yard line with a 10-point lead. And you're thinking, well, at the very least, they're going to get a field goal here. Uh, this one's in the bag. Travis Etienne's fumble. He's fumbled. <laughs> yeah. No. I know, literally. Um, in terms of another another bet that I like in this one will be the mm. the under, of course. Of I mean, course, this the under is king under, of- Yeah, this is the first under of the show. The yep. New York Giants have hit the game total under in 13 of their last 17 games. So I expect this game to go under. And the other one that I quite like there. Yeah. Here we go. Here's a little one for you. Uh, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars spread in the first quarter, which is a mm. minus one and a half. What's the Jacksonville the Jaguars have hit the first quarter money line in five of their last seven games, and they have scored first in eight of their last nine games. So mm. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to have a quick start, as we've just said. And if the New York Giants are going to get back into this game, I expect them to get into it late. I like that thinking. All right. Uh, okay. So... Those three games in the bag. We've got our show Acker. We're going to wrap with our Drew Locks. Let's go to your prop bets the week next. So, so my prop the- bets, so the Acker. So I'm yeah. going to give two options for an accumulator this week. So I'm, I'm, fed, okay. you know, I'm fed up of that. I'm fed up of us trying to play safe and yeah. going with evens Ackers and mm-hmm. always expecting one of these big teams, all these big teams to cruise to victory and they never do. Yeah. As last week demonstrated us, this is a really hard league to just go straight up for a pick em yeah. at this moment in time. And I think people in survivor leagues are having an absolute nightmare. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give you two options. I'm going to go with a okay. total Zaka yep. and a touchdown scorer Acker, which will also be my prop bets. Essentially. Anytime touchdown scorer. Yeah. Okay. So you can put them in like okay. a Trixie yeah. so you can kind of bet with them. So mm-hmm. the first one uh, is Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. We've already discussed yep. this. The Steelers plus defense is uh, abject. And although Tyreek Hill is having a huge season in terms of yardage, he actually hasn't scored that many touchdowns, only two. And mm-hmm. I expect that to be corrected in this game. And I think he's just too good for any of the Steelers defense. Austin Eckler to score a touchdown for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think this could either be receiving or rushing. The Seattle Seahawks are terrible when it comes to uh, defending uh, running backs in the passing game. So I expect Austin Eckler to have a very good chance mm-hmm. to get a touchdown in this game. That will probably be around evens as well. And then the New York Giants versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you just go to the well with Saquon Barkley to score a touchdown. He is one of the stars of this league right now. He's performing as best he's ever done in his career. The Jacksonville Jaguars have allowed rushing TDs throughout this season so far. And I think that Saquon Barkley, whether again, it could be in the receiving game or the passing uh, or the rushing game, I think mm. he's got a very good chance to score a touchdown in this one as because it's Saquon Barkley. So I think that's a relatively safe touchdown score of treble, which I quite like. Love that. Eckler, well. just on that, I scored, as you will know, but for uh, listeners, scored uh, at least one rushing touchdown in each of the last three games. Eckler, so he's on a roll. So well, he that. didn't I- score a touchdown in the first First three games, and then he's now on a roll, scoring a touchdown in the in the past three, and he's he's an integral part to this offense. So mm. I expect him to get into the end zone for the Chargers, and then my 
I'm as well do my Drew Lock now because oh one, really? One I think you're say yeah because one say. of my because one of my unders is in the Drew Lock of the week. Okay, so my under. Mm-hmm. My Drew Lock of the week last week yeah. I went for an over, and I of said course. if I ever did an over and yeah. it didn't hit, I'd never do it again. Nope. I am the unders king. I'm going to go with the Chiefs 49ers under 49. I love that pick. I love that pick. Only one game this season has gone over 48 this season. Yeah, uh, for the 49ers, and whenever the Chiefs have come up against top defenses, they have struggled. Only 20 points against the Bills. Only 17 points against the Colts. Yes, the Niners are banged up on D, but I think they're going to try and control the clock. They're going to run the ball, bend, not break against this Chiefs offense is going to be their mantra. You always like to back Shanahan in an underdog spot. There's actually a lot of money coming in for the 49ers at this moment in time. Just this morning, the line has moved from three to two and a half. So it mm-hmm. is a sharp bet. And I think if instead of backing the Niners, because that is too short of a number for me going up against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. I think the under is the safe bet. So my Drew Lock of the week is the Chiefs Niners under 49. But in mm-hmm. terms of an Acker, I would combine that with, and this was going to be my Drew Lock of the week. I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, I don't need to think about this for the rest of the week mm-hmm. because of how confident I was. But the number has dropped since I bet it on Tuesday so significantly that I'm not sure that you can, but I'm still confident that it will go below this number. So I'm, I'm going to put it in the acre. Mm-hmm. I had the Broncos Jets under 42 and a half. It has now <laughs> moved down to 38 and a half. Wow. Yeah, because so much money has come in on the under, but it makes complete sense. We've seen, we don't even know who's going to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. The New York Jets, yes, they got a huge win against the Green Bay Packers last week, but at the same time, Zach Wilson was still not very good and he barely got the ball to his receivers at all when they relied solely on this run game. The Denver mm-hmm. Broncos, is there anyone more more pissed off in the NFL right now than the Denver Broncos defense. They are performing mm. potentially at a top three level right now. And yet they can't seem to win games because that's just how bad their offense is. So I expect that to go under 38 and a half. And then my last one is the one we've already discussed is the New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars to go under 42 and a half. Love that. Um, incidentally, even if it does go under the Denver game, I want Melbourne Gordon to go for 174 yards and two touchdowns uh, and go and check out FFS to understand that gag. Right. Um, the big moment. This is the big moment. So, Propo. Yes. Propo. Propo. You were saying the money has come in, the sharps are coming in <laughs> on San Francisco to yeah. take the line down to two and a half. Yeah. From three. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Chiefs at two and a half are one uh, on my shortlist, as you know, because we were chatting about this on WhatsApp. Yeah. I like the Chiefs a lot in, in this spot. Banged up San Francisco side. I like. Uh, I like the Chiefs a lot in this. And the fact it's now gone under three, even more so. So that is on my shortlist. There are two others. One I'm probably not going to go for, but I like a lot is better checking the Patriots against the Bears, but the line is maybe a little bit too rich for me. So minus eight, the Pats are. I think they win comfortably. I think Belichick causes all kinds of mayhem for this vanilla Bears defense. And I'm really big on, on the Patriots in that spot. But eight worries me. So I will also add to this that mm. the uh, tickets mm. are all on New England. 80% of the tickets are on New England. And uh, <laughs> yeah. 52% of the cash is on the Chicago Bears at this number of plus eight. It is okay. a uh, okay. Sharps versus Joe's sharp, game. Sharps Joe's game. Well, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. However, like I say, that the eight is the, is the number that, that scares me. And the other one on the list, and I'm, and I'm really torn between the Chiefs minus two and a half and this one, the over in the Ravens-Browns game. Over, and the line is 45. Right? So, last time I looked, let me just check it. Has, has any money come in? 
Let me look at that line. It is a a 45 and a half as it stands. Okay. The cash is on the over. The tickets are on the over. There isn't necessarily a pros Joe split in this one. Uh, PFFF are saying... PFFF. PFFF. Yeah, I've had an F there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They are saying the value is on the under. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, it's PFF. It's PFF. I do you know what I actually I do like that one because I know as we said that Mark Andrews is on the injury report and so is Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, I still think these are two defenses that are overrated week in week out because of the stars that they have on those teams. Like yes, obviously Miles Garrett, you've got him on the side with the Cleveland Browns, and you've got Marlon Humphrey with the Ravens. They're two elite players, but it seems as in terms of a scheme, in terms of actually being able to stop big plays, mm. neither team seems to be able to do so. As we saw the Giants being able to put up points on the Ravens last week, especially in the fourth quarter, the Ravens seem to fall apart very, very quickly. So I think even if this is a say 2017 in the fourth quarter or 2013 I still think you probably have a good chance of going over but Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson's injury status is obviously critical to this yes yeah, so, and I, I agree and you this is a Browns D that you can run all over and and so obviously Lamar Lamar's starting full stop but Lamar is expected to start Andrews it's less clear cut we're recording this Thursday morning right so mm. we don't know uh the status Obviously, and this is—I mean, this is the trouble, right? When you're making picks now, that let's just take a look if there's any breaking news on Andrews since. Uh, yeah, I, 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 but look, I mean, Kenyon Drake stepped up, and I think he'll do more of the same this week on the ground. I think Lamar will, will start and be fine. Andrews is, of course, a big factor. Which way do I go, proper? Which way do I go? Do I? Are we at coin flips? Today? Again, I'm like, yeah, you could coin flip it. You could coin flip it. So you're three, but are you saying that uh, regardless of what your Drew no. Lock of the Week is at this moment, because as you've said many a time on this show, just to mm. try and make yourself feel better, <laughs> that you are still doing well overall so far this season. But are you telling me that the bets that mm. you like the most this week is the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens over the Chiefs minus two and a half? And what was the other one? The I'm Patriots not going there. I like the, I like the Patriots, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of the number of, of the Patriots. So actually I'm probably more leaning more towards Jacksonville, actually, uh, uh, even though the, as the aforementioned Giants fear factor, probably those. And I like the Dolphins a lot as well. So I put all of those ahead of the, uh, the Patriots have kind of dropped in, in my thinking. If the Patriots would, yeah, if they were a touchdown or under the eight, I'm worried about. So I'm going to go for the over in the Ravens Browns. That's what I'm going for. I over like Ravens Browns. I like it. Do you know what's fun about that as well as we get to watch it together on Talksport 2 <laughs> yeah. on Sunday? Nine I think it's three. that's my favourite. If you were going to if you, if you put a gun to my head and ask mm-hmm. me which one I would go for out of your choices, it probably would be the Browns Ravens. I do like that bet. I think 45 and a half is a little bit too low Yeah. Uh, from my, for, in my opinion. My only fear is Jacoby Brissett and just what he'll be able to get going. But I think when you've got a run game with the likes of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that shouldn't matter too much and it's a divisional game so it should be quite close and I think both teams will be able to put up points I love it I love it the tilt ends right here right now Propo the comeback kid the only thing on. we should do Nat mm-hmm. realistically mm-hmm. oh no what I'll just check the weather <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> no, to be fair, it's not too bad. It's just raining. It's just raining. Ah, Gutted right. showers all like, day. Yeah. It's not it too months. cold. Wait for it. Quite Wait humid. It. Quite humid, but only eight eight mile an hour wind. So it's just going to okay. be a little bit of rain. A little bit Wait of rain. Wait for it. I've never seen anything like this in all of my careers covering the NFL. It's a monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> It would be like that 49ers-Bears game from week one times five. 
<laughs> just imagine, so imagine that like, would be I very entertaining. But it would add to your stories. You could open up every show with an extra bad beat that you bad. keep telling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna write a book. Bad, bad, yeah, exactly. Bad we beat. could even have a new podcast. We could change the name of this. I to like bad it. Spin off. Having like an Edrush bad beat spin off. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> like a late night. Oh, we've dark. had so many of them. We've had so many. Of them, oh though. my god. But also, you know, big up my ego. Remind me of what I am. Despite I always forget my record from not, we're thirteen and five, right? No, we were 16 and 6 last season. Why do I keep thinking it was 13 well, and also, It's also just like, why did we stop betting for four of the weeks in the season? Your maths is terrible. Yeah, why we did, did we? Do? Well, I thought we stopped. No, we did it. We did 22 weeks. It was 22 weeks for so the So 16 playoffs. and 6. So I'm now 16 and 12. 16 and 12, yeah. Bear that in mind, listeners, if you're thinking, if you're new to the show this season, <laughs> I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? 16 and 12. I'm okay with that. What are you this season? You're 4 and 2, aren't you? I'm 4 and 2 this season. Alrighty. I started 4 and 0, oh, and then when. I've lost the last two weeks, so this is a little bit of pressure. I think if it if I lose this week, then I get because re- as soon as you go to four and three, you don't want to go to five hundred realistically because you want to be hitting that sixty percent, yeah, that sixty percent nose. But I'm pretty confident with this week. I think the Chiefs 49ers hopefully uh, is the right play and is the right mm. spot this week. Uh, I am fascinated to see how low you can go though like oh and seven would be really <laughs> impressive like that would be yeah. I, I keep saying it now and i'm going to say it again it is just as hard to go oh and six, <laughs> six, six, six yeah i think i take a lot from that i also know that there are a number of listeners who are desperate to see the tilt continue because it will mean that we're going to get coco and pebbles out of the bullpen i mean there were calls for coco and pebbles last week actually after after uh after my latest bad beat and the same things apply i'm I, i'm open to it Proper, but I'm wor- I'm worried in particular with Coco's attention span. I mean, it's it, if anything, it, it's regressing. Um, you know, there was uh, some highlights of one of the games. Uh, I was flicking through Sky last night. She came over, was very interested for 11, 12 seconds, and then just wandered off. I'm just not sure if she's got. I'm, I'm just worried. Uh, you know, like I say, contractually, if we are going to get to do to take over my Drew Locks, I think we're going to have to factor in some kind of Kyla type game film element to their contract is what, is what I'm going to I say. reckon though, even, I don't think you even need to add that. What I would prefer mm. to see is mm-hmm. you going head to head with them, regardless of their attention span, <laughs> yeah, and just to see, just to see. Okay. we're going to do that from next week. If I yeah. lose again, we're going to be able to become me versus Coco. Yeah, are they picking I'll... as one, or are they picking their own? No, they, uh, I reckon you could even get both of them to pick a, to pick a game. <laughs> okay, okay, I love it. I love it. We're going to get into that. Uh, we are also, incidentally, uh, shout out to SBK. Uh, SPK uh, Edge Rush Extra with me and Tom. That's on the SPK channel. So we'll push that out through our show channels as well at the NC Show's video there that sits over on YouTube. Extra picks uh, courtesy uh, of Tom at SBK. Uh, so we drop that as well. Uh, I shouted out FFS, Shane Vereen, the preview show, Iron Mike at Iron Mike Mondays. Uh, and who we got coming up? Phoebe's in the house soon, right? And Phoebe Schechter is live with us on TalkSport 2 and then she's on the show with us next Wednesday. Amazing. Doubling down with Phoebe. Uh, Christian's got the winners back as well. So lots of great guests coming your way. So keep it here on the NC Show. Finally, last but not least, Propo. just want to give a big shout out to everybody who's leaving reviews for us on all the different pod platforms. I'm seeing on iTunes, more reviews coming in or Apple Pods, I should say, uh, coming in. Spotify as well. I really appreciate you taking time to do that. I uh, know it puts a big mm. smile on your face, Broppo. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, Although I do it, need to see more hashtag fade Nat. 
That's Hashtag. all I want. Okay. Yeah, that's all I want. Okay. That's what you want. I will donate five pounds to charity for every single person who reviews the show saying hashtag fade nat. <laughs> okay, deal. I, I like that. And we're going to give money to charity for every time I say the word simpatico. There's another fiver. Yeah. So that's, I think we're up to 10, 10 pounds now on that one. Uh, so yeah, love that. Leave, uh, leave if you like the show, leave some messages uh, to let us know and spread the word. If you like the show and you've got friends, uh, that into NFL, let them know if they haven't checked us out already. All right, enough plugging. Let's get out of Dodge. Good luck, Proper. I'll see you Sunday. One and six, that just channel it. One it's and coming, six, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Sports Social Podcast Network.